What's up, everybody? I want to let you know that I'm going to be playing at the Retinal Winery Resort this Saturday, June 18th, from 4 to 7 p.m. in Egg Harbor, New Jersey. I'm going to be playing a bunch of covers and originals and would love to have you there. Make sure you put in your reservations for tables now because they do fill up on the weekends and there is a two-hour time limit currently per table. So make sure you put your reservations in now to guarantee your spot. For all other info on my gig schedule and music and everything else, make sure you go to SpokenLifeMusic.com or you can find me on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, all at the handle of at SpokenLifeMusic. Everybody, welcome to One Set. My name is Anthony Irvin. What's up, everybody? How we doing? This is my co-host, Jim Green. This has been a, uh, a year in the making. It's, it's, it's really been 23 years in the making. Uh, who, who wants to tell it? You or me? I don't know. Let's do it. How's it going, everybody? How are we doing? Jim Green here, a.k.a. Green Monster, alongside with my co-host, my best friend, and my brother, Anthony Irvin, a.k.a. Magic. My dude, what is going on these days? Man, I uh, had a cool weekend. Uh, we took the little guy to a place called Jumpers, which is like a uh, little moon bounce thing. So it was like his first time on like a moon bounce. So uh, the first like five, 10 minutes, he was definitely like, what what's all this going on like he definitely didn't get the concept and i think of all like the bouncing he was like all out of sorts because he didn't get the balance at first but then once he went down like one of the like little slides and stuff then he started loving it and then just started like laughing and like blah blah blah. and then you know when he wanted to go into like the, the other like moon bounces with the bigger kids were like i mean one i have to bring you in there and plus i'm not getting trampled by all these other little kids so uh, but then he started getting the balance and started actually walking across the moon balance and stuff by himself. So it was cool. Uh, so another little uh, thing to just see this kid, you know, growing up before our eyes. Um, real quick, real quick. Um, just don't let him bounce around in the back of your dad's car because then no. your, your dad won't be having that. Remember no. when you? Yeah. Remember <laughs> when you? We were like hype in the backseat, and your dad was he, like, "All right, cut it out." He didn't, he didn't even <laughs> say anything. He just went. <laughs> and then he, you he just looked at us anything. <laughs> never never literally tomlin from the steelers right just just sniff. and then we were just back to like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that yeah that <laughs> so it's as long as little tone isn't doing that in the back of your dad's car or truck, whatever. But if, you're but if anything, days. he would be the only person that he would allow do that. <laughs> Interesting how that works out, right? Right. Yeah, it's funny. Sorry, but, I cut uh, you off the rest. No, no. Uh, in other news, uh, you know, I have my gig tomorrow night, and as you know, this episode airs, I will be playing tomorrow night uh, at this new venue uh the retinol winery and it, i'm gonna be playing in a wine tasting room so it's gonna be something different for me I, it's the first time i played a, a wine a winery or wine tasting room so i i think i might have to just adjust my 
levels up a little bit because I probably won't play my distortion side since uh, it might be a little bit more laid back. Uh, but on that, I mean, I think I think it's going to be a cool, different dynamic for me to be playing uh, in a space that I'm not used to. So it, it'll definitely show me how to, you know, react to certain things and kind of see how, you know, the vibe of the room is for that. Well, and you're also in what appears and maybe i shouldn't judge but it appears to be like a very different like demographic dynamic demographic almost the same thing and it seems Um, to be very upscale too like it's they have like a whole it's like a resort so they have like a golf course and they have weddings and you know uh receptions and everything over there and uh they they supposedly have like hotels and everything connected so it's a big resort so it's it's gonna be fun yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so like I was saying, a different dynamic slash demographic for you to be playing in. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm so excited for you. I wish I could make this one. Um, I do have my uh, last recital, my, not my last, my final recital for the season coming up uh, this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm literally up north. Got to be there at like 8 9 a.m. And then they do two shows on the same day. So I'm there all day, which is better than making the trip twice, especially with the gas prices being gas so prices. high. Um, I mean, yeah, I, like if I the lesser of two evils is making the trip once doing just a whole day so that instead of making the trip twice right um for less time it's like just get them both done in one day so i appreciate that actually um my my recitals this season have been very enjoyable um i did have to miss um not the one studios but the one studio does the same show on two separate days and the second day i had to teach um because i have like five to seven year olds at the studio that like i couldn't just not be there for them so i went the opening night uh last friday um and i you know it's it's really fun and interesting um because i have talked obviously growing up to various dance instructors even as they start at this age and then they have been open for some some time yeah some some um and one one of my favorite studio directors that is very local to us. Um, I was working at Wawa and he came in to he was next in line. I hadn't seen him in some time and I asked him how business was going and he was like, our numbers are a little bit low, but the kids that we have, the spirit is very high, which is like it's being a studio director and having worked at various studios. It's almost like it's very yeah. like this, like mm-hmm. you either have high numbers and the morale is kind of like not great or your numbers are low and then the morale elevates. It's. It's almost like a yin and yang uh, type of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like. Do you want high numbers and a lot of money coming in, but the but like the energy is not great or do you want the energy to be good and positive, but the financials are there when you yeah. get to here is when you're doing it right when you're right. here is when you need to be like mm, you need to fix something. either a either a b 
big change or fold and right. move on, right? Exactly. Um, I, I think, you know, for my recital that I was at this past weekend, they have been in business for 70 years. So they that's insane. they have the they've saying it again. That's 70 years. Crazy. I mean, kudos to them and the legacy that they're still maintaining. Um, yeah. I'm just honored to be a part of a studio that has been around that long. Not that I'm Absolutely. not honored to be a part of this of the other studios that I'm at, but to be a part of something that has maintained its presence for so long. It's like wow. Absolutely. I, I know I talked about that previously as well. Um and your gig, again, I hope that they love you. Um I I am very positive that they will. Um I think that your music that you know the style that you play I believe that they will receive you very, very well. Um, so without assuming, because we know what that leads to, um, mm -hmm. in the event that you're back there again, I would love to attend the next time that you're there because you showed me the pictures of the venue and I'm like, oh my God, this place is gorgeous. It's so yeah. immaculate. Um, if I If I wasn't there, you know, for my recital, and it's actually my niece's birthday on the same day as the recital. So I was like, mm. <laughs> if it was the next day, which would be Father's Day and my mother's birthday, I wouldn't be there either. <laughs> right. <laughs> but <laughs> if it was on a day that wasn't of extreme significance on my end, um, I would do whatever I could to be there because, like I said, this place looks awesome. If you yeah. are around and you're not vacationing away, um, you should do your best anthem. The venue, it's called um, the the Retinol Winery Resort, uh, and like I said, uh, it it's probably one of the more upscaled uh, you know places I've been playing. I'm I think I'm going to be pulling out the uh, dress shirt and vest like old, old times when I was doing a lot of my original gigs because I uh, they say to kind of you know uh, be a little bit more casual dressed or dressed up a little bit more sharp, sharp dressed. So I think in this type of uh, way, it's just, um, you know, kind of taking away from having to just be like, okay, just throw on a, a regular shirt and then, you know, throw on a pair of jeans where now it's, uh, you know, just, I, I might throw on a pair of khakis and like I said, dress shirt uh, and like a vest. So I think I'm more comfortable with that. And then I, uh, so I, I think it's just going to be a, a whole new type of, you know, dynamic and new type of like vibe. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge. And like you said, I, 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 I think, I, I think they'll like me hoping that, uh, you know, the song selections that I pick and, you know, hopefully, you know, the people give me a good response. Uh, but on, on top of what my, you know, week is coming to uh you had something also to uh say to our audience today uh that something happened today with you right uh yeah i mean this being a dance choreographer it's like there is such a wide range of being asked to do this type of project this there's a whole wide uh -huh. range 
especially because dance has so many like i'll say concrete and that's not even a fair word yeah there's there's your classical genres um that when you look at the majority of dance studio websites that are like we offer this 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 this, this, and this Mm -hmm. it's usually anywhere from five or six to ten or twelve you know, and, and if you're talking five or six, you're doing your absolute classical. And if you're going up to 10 and 12, you're talking some of your modern day genres. But you can have one project that's like, I want a, a fusion or a blend of this and this or this yeah. and this. And it's like, okay, well, then I got to really think outside the box of like, it depends on who the dancers or the performers are that are participating, the experience. And that really plays into when you're doing um, a project that someone reaches out to you and says, um, or requests, hey, can you do this? And it's something that you're not used to, right? Mm-hmm. So, so for me, um, I have done anywhere from a handful to a dozen wedding projects or um like i've i've attended and taught kind of like a dance class at a couple bachelorette parties um Mm -hmm. which were really fun uh i mean the the wedding projects the bachelorette parties are a lot less stressful because like everyone's there and and it's really mostly just to have a good time it's not like we're here to learn how to dance right it's it's more recreational Um, so a friend of mine asked me, um, last week I was at tech rehearsal. He texted me, Hey, um, would you be interested in choreographing me and, you know, my bride to be's, uh, first dance at the wedding? And I was like, that's awesome. Whoa. Okay. It's awesome. But you were asking me episode 23 last week the mindset going into building a recital piece and a competition piece yeah the mindset going into building a wedding piece and i tell everybody the pressure's on me because if you if you do this right you only get one of these exactly (laughs) right so um one right um yeah that um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I was listening to the music late last night, early this morning, an hour, hour and a half before I was scheduled to meet to build a piece. And all along, I was like, okay, one, I know the bride to be has dance experience of some sort, but she hasn't danced in years. The groom to be. He doesn't have dance training, but I know that he can understand rhythm and I know that he's ambitious to be good, good at the project. So I was like, okay, this can be a workable thing. The number one thing that I didn't ask ahead of time was I need to know the restrictions of the bride's dress because if it's slim, yeah she doesn't have a lot of range. So the choreography needs to be more simplistic. 
It needs to mm-hmm. be more more gesture type stuff with the arms. Right. Um never would have thought of that. That's that's a good thing to ask. It's, I mean, and then the other thing too was do you want to do this whole song, which the song that they want to do or have chosen, and mm-hmm. I guess it's been a selection for some time. It's four minutes and thirty-five seconds long. And then mm-hmm. when we were in the rehearsal space and I had all these questions, the groom was like, I need to use the bathroom. Went down the hallway, came back, and I was like, I should have asked about the dress while he was gone. We stepped right. in the other room. She, she showed me a picture of the dress. She talked about because you know, her being a dancer, I was like, Can you do a fan kick? Can your legs elevate that high? She's like, I mean, the dress has flair, but my legs aren't going to be able to go real high. I was like, right. Okay. So at least you have your mm-hmm. limits on that, you know? Right. Well, she's cause in my mind, I was like, I know that the groom could handle, you know, he, he's strong. He could lift her. So I was yeah. like, what kind of lifts can we do? So I was really looking to do that, but because the dress is so restricting, uh-huh. I was like the few things I had in my head, I got to work around that. Mm-hmm. Long story short, by the time we, it, it just worked out that like I was off today. They were both off today. The studio that we were able to utilize um, just recently had the recital. So they weren't in today. So it, it wasn't like we had a time constraint. So we went in, we talked about the restrictions. We talked about the music. We talked about, do you want this whole song choreographed? Like, do you want to say this is our first dance and it's all set? So the entire day that you're preparing, and you can speak to this because you and I did our dance thing at your wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, you only jumped up for like some seconds, but you were probably thinking all day, like, I'm going to go up and dance with him like, at I that time. I was, I was pretty excited, uh, you know, because... I've always wanted us to kind of do something of that type of sort, either doing like a dance together or like I'm playing music and you're dancing with it. But it was cool to kind of just like at like the the ninth hour to kind of just be like, okay, let's just do this. And, you know, we took the time to practice it. And, uh, you know, you were great. I I fudged up a couple times, but I think we made it look good. You with no real dance training or experience on your wedding day didn't fudge up at all. Like you got up there, you think about it a lot, or you or do you remember that it was a fun process? It wasn't a stressful process, right? No, no, right. And like you said, I think on the aspect of like, and I think just coming from the fact that we're both very critical on ourselves that like you you look at back and you're like oh well, crap i kind of did this a little bit wrong or i messed up that move but then as a whole people were yelling and screaming and like because they didn't expect they expected you to be doing that but when i just came out of nowhere because even jen she's like i didn't expect you to go out there and when i just kind of zoomed out there and then you know crowd just goes wild and everything and that so that, that was a cool moment to just be like yeah. you know something that people wouldn't expect me to do you know the element of surprise is like such a win factor which like when i met with um you know the fiancés today and i'm excited because like i'm invited to the wedding so i get to see this all pan out it's not like i'm just setting it on 
friends that I knew and I'm not <laughs> invited to the wedding. Uh-huh. Um, and the fact that they're like, you know, we want it to appear like, you know, we're, we're just doing your typical slow dance thing for the first 30 to 45 seconds, but then we break out and do like a sequence yeah. for 25, 30 seconds. And then we just go back to regular dancing. And then the people think like, Oh, that was just a little blip in the radar that they just did that little thing. And they had that plan, but then the music uh-huh. changes over and then they do a whole nother sequence that we're going to do. Uh-huh. Um, when I meet with them next, um, basically, spent two and a half hours with them today were able like as nervous as i was going in we all left and before i i didn't want to say i love this this is amazing i just wanted them to be able to say i'm so excited for this i love this yeah they they both said that and i was like oh thank god (laughs) okay yeah because i was like i will never say it before the bride and groom are like enthusiastic about the project that i'm sending because i don't want it right. to be like oh this is going to be awesome like i'm trying to hype them up and make them feel like it's going to be good i want them to organically be like this is better than anything we would have ever imagined which is yeah, what they told I mean, me and i was like you ah. know you can make you know you yourself can make up a good dance for it but i mean you can make up a masterpiece but if they don't like what you're putting in it's going to show like in the performance so for you to be hearing them say like oh i'm very excited about this then that makes you even be like okay they're on board they're gonna like you know at least what i'm doing and they're liking the ideas so it's coming from both parties so they it's gotta be both coming from the same you know thing it just can't be like oh well i think this might work but then if it's not obviously what they want or if it's something of like uh something of their stature they can't pull off then but you know it's cool it's cool to see that like on the first like meeting with them that they're excited and i'm excited to see the process of what you go through and definitely gotta you know try to get a video of that because i'll I'll be definitely Uh, stoked to see how that comes out there will definitely be footage of this one i mean so like realistically um i told them like look you guys asked me to choreograph this but do know I am not in charge. This is your wedding. You have the yeah. final say over everything. And right. I turned to the groom. I turned to the groom and I was like, I'm saying it's your day, but it's her day. <laughs> Actually more right. than yours. And yeah. And her when he texted me, he said she really wants to do this and she wants to get started ASAP. And that came through last Tuesday. And I was like, this week with teaching and recital this weekend, the earliest I can meet is next Tuesday. And it was like, uh-huh. okay. So we met today. Um, granted, this is being published on Friday, the 17th. Um, but then we're meeting sometime next week, tentatively, and we're going to mm-hmm. finish up, we're going to finish up the product and it will be, um, assuming we meet and get it done. I told them my target was to get the content set in place three Mm -hmm. months prior to the wedding so yeah i said and we're on track to make that happen and at which point it'll be like it's going to be fine-tuning little dynamics and making it be like oh instead of just being like because for non-dancers i mean it's like the coordination is like oh i'm going here i'm going here i'm going here i'm going here but it's Uh like are you going are you going 
and I know I talked about this, I think episode 10, the first live episode where it's like dynamic and I got up on my feet yeah. and look, look yeah. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, you can either go like soft, quick, quick, or you can go soft, quick, quick, soft, or you can go yeah. quick, soft, soft, quick. Like it, right. it all will radiate differently step by step, move by move. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just want them to become like familiar with the muscle memory of the material. Then we can talk about like, the energy being conveyed step by step. And then the biggest thing in teaching non-dancers how to perform is like, you need to be so confident with the choreography that you're not looking down. You're not looking left. You look, you're not looking right. You can make eye contact with anybody watching you and still maintain what you're doing. Yeah. The steps and the rhythm and the timing. If, If they can, if they can nail all of those things, the audience is going to be like, oh, my God, how long did you how long did it take for you to learn that? And they'll be like two practices. We had the choreography down, but then we rehearsed it like a lot. And they'll yeah. be like, yeah, the, the dedication. So, right. I mean, they, they you know, the bride asked me. So the previous wedding um, projects that you worked on, was it always trained dancers? And I was like, I did a father of the bride and bride dance a few years back one of my dad's co-workers reached out to me now this was a few weeks before the wedding and he just suddenly got the idea and he was like hey do you think you could do this and i was like i can but <laughs> depending on how much time that you give me to build a piece and for you to practice it like it's either going to be very simplistic because we don't have a lot of time yeah or i can make it a little bit more elaborate if you can give me more time Right. Um, my first meet with anyone that I don't know where they're at is always like a free consult just to digest so that I can plan yeah. for the remainder of the project. I mean, for and, sure. and for anyone that um, is following along, if you ever want a wedding production, no matter how big or small built, it's the more elaborate that you want it the further ahead it needs to be planned because the and Anthony can speak to this, the closer that mm-hmm. you get to the wedding, the more little things that just start piling on. You're yeah. not gonna have time to practice a dance while you're trying to dot your I's and cross your T's on everything that needs to be done at the very end of the cycle. So everything the fact that they comes a lot more like uh condensed stressful. to the point where you to, and yeah. stressful. The fact that you like have to I mean I, I haven't got to the point where, you know, I'm uh you know, playing weddings or anything, but that would be a, you know, nice thing to kind of like play a reception or like a cocktail hour or something. But like a lot of those guys, like you were saying, uh, they take months to kind of figure out, okay, uh, do you want specific songs? Like what specific songs do you want me to play? Then, you know, you, you got to learn those specific songs because if it's customized to the actual event, then you got to take time to learn those songs, perfect them and do all those things. And like you said, but if you have a shorter amount of time, then that's like more stress. Then you have to put more time and effort into learning a more quicker Then you. I think, you know, uh, you know what you're putting in, what you're putting out. So definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah. It goes with almost everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, we grow up learning don't wait till the last night before the test to study and cram for the mm-hmm. test. It's not going to be in your brain. That's why they try to um, 
I don't want to say convince or persuade. They try to um, instill in you regular studying so that it's just constant repetition. Repetition. So that, yeah. Because that's how you take, I mean, it's what sensory motor, short term memory, rehearsal, 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 long term memory, right? Yeah. So the more that you study a thing, the longer it stays there. That's why when you remember things after so many years, it's because you thought about it in your head so, so much so that times. it just gets sort of in your LTM, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think, like I said, um, for anyone interested in a wedding project, don't wait till the last second and ask me because I will give you a product, but it will not be my best work because I can't invest too much into it knowing that you can't invest too much into it either. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, I mean, for me, it's it's easier for me to set complex, intricate choreography because that's like what I'm used to. The simplistic movement and keeping it lighter mm-hmm. because, I, and I know I've said this on here before and I know that that's my favorite line ever. I know I've said this before. Um, <laughs> it, uh, like when I generate choreography that is a little bit more simplistic i feel lazy i feel like yeah i'm not invested into the creation of it yeah. um but the thing with building the couple or handful of wedding projects that i have um where i'm working with maybe a bride and bridesmaids maid of honor where like some are trained in dance and some are not i'm like okay well i have to cater towards like the strengths of everybody and make a product that is fun. It's gotta right. be fun because weddings are Absolutely. a celebration. It, it, if it looks like stress, the people watching on are going to be like, I feel stress and you should never <laughs> feel stress at a party. Right. Absolutely. So um, now that I've gone in, assess the situation for this current project, um, I'm so excited. I actually talked with the groom to be a couple hours after the practice and he watched back the footage that we captured, you know, without the music, the walkthrough and with the music. And he's like, you actually don't look that bad. I was like, I'm telling you for your first practice, you guys are doing really well. And given that you have three months to really like, yeah, drive, and drive this in even more. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I can't wait to see this. Um, I know we. I kind of wanted that a little bit more in detail than I wanted to, but I. I don't think I've, at, you know, twenty four episodes in, even talked about doing wedding projects before. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm excited for you for that uh, type of thing. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing all that you know unfold. So I, I'm excited on on your front to you know be keeping up to date on on how that goes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, how about these NBA finals? Dude, it's been a back and forth battle. And <laughs> I, I will mean, tell you that that's what you want in the finals though. I mean, you, you want the competition. No, nobody likes a sweep in the finals. Uh, but like I was telling you last night when we were watching game five, uh, whoever wins this next game is most likely I feel is going to win the title. Now, whether that be in game six or game seven, that'll be, you know, told. And by the time this episode airs, we will already had had game six 
So we don't know the outcome of that. Uh, but if, uh, you know, if we are going to a game seven, that's going to be on uh, Sunday and that'll be Father's Day. But uh, on my opinion, I think if depending, uh, you know, we now know right now at this point that the Warriors are up three to two, depending on how they come out in game uh, six, if they come out swinging, they could, uh, they could pull it out. But if Boston being at their home, if they come out, you know, really good in their uh, taking care of business, then they're going to pull it to a game seven. And if game seven goes, uh, I think the Warriors are going to pull it out in game seven. So I, I think that's, I think either, uh, you know, the, I think either Warriors are going to pull it off Thursday night or Boston's going to, you know, take one more run, but we'll get Warriors. I'm still on the Warriors winning the series. Yeah, I am too. I mean, I, you know previously it was like okay if Celtics win game five and they go three and two and then they're going back to Boston I was like I think the Celtics are just taking it at home game six um like you and I said whoever wins game five is pretty much who's going to win the series um yeah. now I will say if the Celtics win game six but it's like a real close game I think the Warriors are going to win by 10 to 15 points game seven. I think if Celtics win game six by like 10 to 15 points, I think the Warriors will win, but just barely. Like, I think it's going to be real close. Yeah, I think these because next two games are definitely going to be close. It's momentum, well, right? Like, if if yeah. two games, the de- definite next game or two are going to be close. And I, yeah. I, I don't think we're going to have another blowout. And, and even the games really haven't been blowouts. I mean, they've kind of had their times where they've been close, but at the last, you know, five minutes or so, then one of the teams started pulling away. We haven't had a consistent game where it's been like, oh, blowout for the f- remainder of the game when the, uh, but it's been pretty close and it's been kind of go. We've had, you know, some significant lead changes, but we've had, haven't really had like a blowout game. I think from what I remember. Yeah. I think I think game one the Celtics won by like I'm just ten or fifteen. So it was like ten or less, but I thought that the Warriors won game two by eighteen points. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I mean, I take a um, blowout as anything yeah. over twenty points. That 20 25 points that's usually a blowout for me if it's like 10 15 i don't consider that a blowout i've considered consider it obviously you know you definitely <laughs> won the game but i don't say oh they blew them out no i i just think obviously they just they just won the game yeah everyone has their opinion on what a blowout is i mean mm-hmm. 10 points isn't a blowout 15 is pushing it and 20 points like you said i think that that's about there yeah um for whatever reason hold on I was like, it only started showing me from game two of this series. NBA Finals, okay. Game one, Celtics won 20, Warriors 108. So Celtics won by 12 in San Francisco, which is a big deal yeah. for game one, especially. Which everybody was like, whoa. Nobody expected yeah. Celtics to pull that first win off. Yeah. I mean, I even, definitely didn't expect it. Even our... Uh, one of our favorites, Bill Burr, said 
I think whoever wins the first game, it will be telling for the remainder of the series. That was what he said before the series was even underway. And he's not wrong. I mean, if the Warriors won game one at home, that to me would have been like, okay, this series could be done in like five. Right. Right. Um, I wouldn't say Warriors just went straight four in a blowout. Celtics are obviously a great team. They're, I mean, the Warriors after that loss by 12 came back and won um, game two against the Celtics in San Francisco by 19 points. Yeah. Almost, almost a blowout. I mean, that's, that's pretty significant, right? Right. So then game three in Boston, um, Celtics beat the Warriors by 16. Mm -hmm. And then um, a game four, the Warriors beat the Celtics in Boston by 10 points. Not a blowout. Mm-hmm. The Celtics were ahead almost that entire game. Um, and yeah. then the Warriors came back close to the end. And yeah. then um, game five uh, in San Francisco, the Warriors won by 10 points. And again, mm-hmm. that game was so back and forth. That's why yeah. I'm like, if, 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 yeah. if, if. Yeah, if game six is a landslide for either team, uh, I mean, if it's a landslide for the Warriors, they just win it outright. If it's a landslide for the Celtics, the Warriors are going to have it tough because the Celtics are going to be like, we're tied three and three. We've, we beat them at home game one. Let's like at the start of the yeah. series, let's beat them at home to round out the entire series. And if Boston does that, uh, I will offer them mad respect because the mm-hmm. Warriors s- appeared to you and I to be the stronger team going in. They've been in the championship spot. Um, they've done this before. Um, I mean, they're God. I just keep watching them when they're good. They're they're beyond yeah. good. They're just yeah. majestic, yeah. like God God mode, right? Right. The, the Celtics are only on God mode when the Warriors are down by like five or ten points, and then they're just like their confidence is so far up, and then they just start having fun, and then yeah, they start doing good. Yeah. You know? And going into Game Five, the Celtics were still rated to be winning the series. I think it was like at a seventy percent percentage. So I don't know how much that percentage has either changed or gone down now that. Warriors are up three to two, but I'm right. I'm not sure if uh, Celtics are still rated to win or if it's kind of you know evened out a little bit. Uh, like I said, my pick has always still been the Warriors, but uh, you know the Celtics have definitely shown that they can play with the Warriors. But like you said, when the Warriors are on, they're on, and when Curry is you know on, that dude is a freak. <laughs> he is just like he everything he throws up 90% of the time that's going in. Okay, so you remember and obviously wrestling 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 reference Booker T used to say, "Tell me you did not just say that." Yeah. Right? <laughs> Dude, I was laying in bed last night. Um I had just gotten into bed and saw the end of the third quarter for game five. Mm-hmm. Who threw that bucket from like 
almost yeah, half court. Uh, I, I, forget, I forget the guy's name, but uh, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't expect that to go in. Like, I just saw the pass, then I saw the shot. I'm like, oh, there you go. You saw it. We hadn't, like, texted for maybe five, ten minutes, and I was like, tell me you just saw that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, yeah, I did. And I was like, this is why I feel like this team is going to win, because they can pull out, like, this magic mm-hmm. out of nowhere. And for the Celtics to score and and win a game, it's they have to try their absolute best whereas the warriors are like we can be 90 percent and still pull out the win and i think that that's ultimately where we're going to land now episode if you're tuning into this now this week or sometime in the future from now episode 25 we will have the recap on the nba finals and then we will put basketball talk to rest for several months as we gear up for uh, some summer wrestling talk, and uh, we're going to be heavier into the baseball season, which I know, Anthony, that's not your forte. Um, mm-hmm. But the wrestling talk, we have football talk to start within the next month as we head towards preseason. Yeah. So that will be, yeah. that will be coming forward, into place. Looking soon. forward to some Eagles uh, football this year. It's going to, I think we're going to have a good year. I'm hoping we're going to, we're going to see a lot of new people. You know, a lot of new faces, and like I said, I, th- I think they've had a good draft year. Probably one of the best ones, at least I've seen in the last couple of years. So I'm just looking forward to hoping what they do with these draft picks, because yeah. uh, they they definitely need something. So we'll we'll see what happens. And I I think they they don't have as much of a strenuous schedule as last year, but they have some they they have some tough games but I don't think it's as strenuous as what it was this past, this past season. This past season was a pretty hard uh, schedule. Yeah. I mean, once baseball comes to the World Series and is done, I'm probably going to start paying attention to hockey and find a team that I like outside of the Flyers because, honestly... Yeah, Flyers I, are going to be, you know tanking as well (laughs) they're just i mean even in seasons where they're sitting or like close to 500 i'm like okay i have maybe a 50 percent chance of them winning if i tune Mm -hmm. in if you're resting between 300 and 400 i'm i'm gonna watch impractical jokers and enjoy myself better i'm going to watch something zero (laughs) dimes i'm not going to tune in and be like Come on, come on, come on. Yeah. So, I mean, I <laughs> I will give like the Flyers an honest chance once that series rolls around, just like mm-hmm. I I did with the Phillies because I was like, yeah, it's fair and I'm having fun doing this like I'm totally invested versus like like we said on the last episode, if I miss a game and they lose, I lost out on nothing. Right. Um flyers i'm pretty much going to approach the same if they get on a streak where they're doing well i'm going to tune in if i can when i can now they don't play daytime games and their weekend games are not use like like they don't usually jive with my schedule that's part of the reason why i miss a lot of their games mm-hmm. um but we'll see what happens the phillies right now i mean i'm just going to quick comment since we've talked about a, them a lot um yeah before we recorded this episode we were prepared to do 
a five to ten minute like short intro on this game too versus the marlins we wound up recording over an hour and a half of content because the game ran so long um and if you want to see how that panned out uh feel free to reach out to us before we publish it uh because we have no idea when we're publishing that content so if you're interested in hearing out on that the gmail is at the number one not t-h-e-n-u-m-b-e-r one literally just one s-e-t-p-o-d at gmail.com email us if you would like uh to receive any of that content we will we are willing to share that with you exclusively um otherwise it will be published sometime within the next three months to three years um (laughs) (laughs) um we have we have a lot of ideas like in the runnings for works uh for the podcast and you know we're excited but we don't want to say too much right now because they're kind of in the brain works of uh me and jim right now but uh you know we're, we're we're looking forward to some things coming to uh you know coming to fruitation for the podcast but uh yeah if you guys want to you know are interested in some extra you know content definitely hit us up uh because we we got some uh things coming for you guys yeah absolutely i mean yeah i it's it's also early in the i mean early in the season um the Phillies, I believe, are 60-ish games in and have about, I mean, they usually have 162, 163. I know we talked about the number of games. Mm-hmm. They, have a, yeah. they have about 90 games left, which is going to run from mid-June to mid-July, mid-July to mid-August, and mid-August through September. Um, With breaks here and there, there's the all-star break. Mm-hmm. That gets us to the very, very beginning of October. So there's about 90 to 95 games left. So the fact that they haven't played half of their games yet, there's still plenty of baseball. So plenty of baseball. For as, plenty of for, as, for as much as I've trashed them and as much as I have praised them, I'm very right in the middle right now. And yeah. I think that, that that's where I'm gonna leave it because we've and talked I think a lot you about speak that. For a lot of fans that like, you know, they're kind of just like, you know, they're doing this right now yeah. like they're they're with them but then they're like okay we need some tweaks but then when they're winning we're like okay cool we can get on but then when they have like you know some times where they're kind of off the grid they're like okay what's going on with the team buddy you know so t- typical philly fans here <laughs> yeah i mean i still i mean i know i said i i see the phillies as our next champions again over anyone. I know Ant is probably going to stand firm with the Eagles. We're going to revisit that probably episode one or two of season two. Once we regroup into 2023 after this upcoming Mm -hmm. uh, football season. And I'll say, Ant, how do you feel about the Eagles now? And um, hopefully we'll be saying the same thing. (laughs) Ant, I, (laughs) I just want to say uh, thank you so much for, again, 
for introducing me and welcoming me into this podcast world. I know um, I'm not perfect at it. I think I am adapting. I'm learning a little bit every week. And this is 100%. for anybody that's tuning in, whether it's now, whether you've been watching along, whether you turn in, turn in, tune in in the future. Um, again, this is something very outside of my comfort zone. Uh, is just being open to just having conversation and broadcasting it. I yeah. am a very reserved person. Uh, I get that from my dad. I think me being open is something that I get from my mother, um, both of which I love, and it's a very yin and yang thing. So for me to feel like I can acclimate to both of those character traits uh, makes me feel like I am a solid product of my parents, to which I'm very proud to be. Um, and we have hit on just about everything. Uh, I will say the two things, um, I'll do the serious one first and then the one that <laughs> I've been waiting to talk about that one for weeks. So I will hit on, um, one of our favorite wrestlers, uh, as we grew up, especially yeah. mine. Um, I would say because. I was very interested in like acrobats, like flipping and this type stuff. Yeah. So when the Hardy Boys came out in WWE, I was like such a huge fan. Mm -hmm. Um, and I watched them go through. They were tag team for a long time. They were a favorite forever. They went their own routes. They did their own things. They joined other companies. They wound up back in WWE for uh, Mania Thirty Thirty Three, which was like. Hugest pop of that Insane. entire WrestleMania. Insane. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Matt left the company first because they tried to bring in the broken character, and then it was just kind of stale. Like I, yeah. I think Vince, I think Vince intentionally tried to kill that because that was like so successful in TNA that he was just like, yeah, we'll welcome it here, but we're gonna squash it. Um, Jeff Hardy was like still doing his solo act and he was still on TV regularly for a few years later. I think yeah. Matt Hardy went to AEW and he was probably there two years before. Yeah. Matt Hardy wound up in AEW through COVID era wrestling where yeah. there weren't fans in the sands. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Jeff started running into his issues again. And then he was released yeah. from WWE. He wound up in AEW. And for me, I was like, Good. Maybe this is his reset. I thought um, it was definitely like a new beginning for him, like a fresh, yeah, like you said, fresh reset and yeah. something that, you know, he's back with his brother. His, I mean, not that, you know, when you're with people that are, you know, make positive you feel comfortable influence. and positive yeah. influences, hopefully with his brother, it'll keep him off that stuff. But then with the, with the recent, you know, reports of him with the DUI, you know, when I saw that uh, break and I'm like, oh, man, I mean, I, I feel bad for him that he just can't kick it. I know there's so many people out there that have those addiction issues. Uh, but the fact that AEW uh, also offered him the help and he is, you know, accepting the help. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, WWE did the same thing and he'd refused it. We probably won't know the official reason why he didn't. And now he's taking it with AEW. 
you know, he probably, again, he probably just with WWE, he was just not happy with where he was going. So he just wanted to get out of there regardless of what they were going to offer him. But, um, you know, uh, either way, you just got to, everybody's been saying he needs help. He's getting the help. Just take it at that. And let's just hope that, you know, the help that he gets is going to do the beneficial thing for him. And that is, you know, getting his health back on control, you know? So we're, we're pushing for Jeff to hopefully, you know, recover because we know he, we know he's at the, like at the last end of his career, but we would hate to see him end his career on something like this. Well, and not even just end his career on where he's at and he just retires and then you never hear from him again kind of thing. Yeah. I would rather that than something incredibly traumatic, uh, fatal happen. I mean, this yeah. is serious stuff. I mean, he, he's mm-hmm. been in trouble more than a few times and people are out here joking like, oh, well, the Usos are out here getting a handful of chances. Yeah, and, like, and then just getting like a slap on the rest, yeah. Yeah, and they're, and they're, you know, the unified tag team champions or whatever. Right. Um, someone like Jeff Hardy, um, I, I, I think it's important to acknowledge as well there's balance to everything, and c- clearly he's not finding the balance, okay? And and that's... WWE was offering him, you know, whatever assistance he needed, but he mm-hmm. was also on a very, like, regular schedule with them where he was working all of the time. So yes. if I had to guess, because he had a rigorous schedule at his age, his body is so yeah. beat up after mm-hmm. decades of beating his body up. Yeah. He, he was probably like just drinking senselessly whenever he could find a minute and think, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll sober up by the time I have to, you know, work mm-hmm. tomorrow. And he would probably show up for work and be like, not good to go. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, with AEW being on a very limited schedule, pardon me, being on a very limited schedule, mm-hmm. he was probably like, okay, well, if I only have to work one or two days a week, then the other five days, I'm free. Yeah. Uh, like, and I'm just going to drink as much as I want. And it's not like I'm going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're, operating like that and that stuff is staying in your system continuously i mean he could be getting in the car feeling like he's okay at 12 30 in the afternoon coming off of a like a binger and they're saying he blew triple the limit because he just drowned himself the night before yeah like that i that's a very likely situation where he got to AEW where they were like, we'd love to have you. We'll pay you this much and you only have to work this much. Do you feel okay with that? And he was probably like, Oh God. Yeah. Like I can handle that. That's fine. He, he probably went from, he didn't have any free time barely at all to, he had too much free time, which is where I'm like, yeah. there, there needs to be a balance in the middle. Balance where it's like, between in. 
it's like you need to have some sort of structure in your life and then mm-hmm. you need to be able to fit the fun recreational things in between so that yeah you're not having too much fun and getting carried away and you're not either working yourself to death that you're just like i'm working so hard so i deserve to be recreational where i find the minutes to do it versus oh well i only have to work hard limited so i'll regulate being recreational but then because you're used to gravitating towards pouring and pouring and pouring it it gets to be way too much i think that it's yeah it's probably a combination of that dynamic and because Mm -hmm. he's he's been dealing with this for so long there was probably a part of him that just feels like he's never going to kick it. And I am just concerned. I'm yeah. worried for him. Sam. Yeah. You know, well, we hope, we hope the best for him. That's all we can do. You know, yeah. just hope that he gets the help that he needs and that he takes it serious. And, you know, just like I said, hope for the best and just hope we don't have to hear another tragic thing coming from the wrestling world eventually down the line. Well, it's going to happen. But I mean, for him, it's like the rumor was he's facing potentially up to five years in jail. And for me, it's like, I mean, you got to keep him off the road, too, because he's risking other people. Right. Um, Not this is like the ultimatum of like, okay, it's either five, six years in jail or you go to a rehab and get out sooner unless they're you know trying to do something with that. But yeah, we we don't know. we'll, We'll. we can touch base on that on the next episode if we have any more updates on that. Mm-hmm. I would I would like to try the end the episode on a little bit more of a positive note. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think we I, I wanted to touch on hey news on Jeff Hardy. We wish him the best, but like you and I have talked about that even just through text, like various times, and just were like, hopefully this is the last one. Um, mm. You know, um, the one thing, there's a couple things real quick. When's the last time you had coffee? Today. <laughs> You're also a dad. That's a stupid question. Um, yeah. Yeah. I will. I will say, um, like, we get the Starbucks cold coffee at the mm-hmm. market because it's like five, six hours for like a container that will last you several servings. Versus mm-hmm. paying the same thing for one cup at the drive one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we're like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Um, I had rehearsal this past weekend and I was, I woke up, I felt sluggish. I was like, I have to go do pre-planning for rehearsal, teach the rehearsal, another pre-planning session, and then another rehearsal. And I was just like, my creative juices just weren't there. I didn't mm. feel energy. I was like, I'm, I'm going to get a hot coffee on the way in. And I hadn't had a hot coffee in almost maybe two, three months since whenever it was cold last <laughs> um, outside. <laughs> and I got like the jitters. I was like, holy smokes, I'm ready mm. to go. I was like Chris Farley and Tommy Boy, like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, but... I was so productive after like halfway through the coffee to the point where I knew I was like on a tear and I was ready to go. Mm-hmm. 
that I just downed the coffee. My partner on the first project saw it happening to the point where I was just like producing content, producing content, producing content. Mm-hmm. And 20 minutes later, she was like, I've just been standing here the whole time, letting you just go. And <laughs> we're good. Great job. And I was just like, I'm so sorry that like, I just was like, let's do this. Maybe. Yeah. Let's do this. Maybe. Yeah. And I'm looking over and she's just like, <laughs> then I felt bad. Like, Oh, we didn't like collaborate or right. co- like, come to terms on everything jointly. Mm-hmm. And then after the, re- I mean, I taught the content during the rehearsal and I asked her afterwards, I was like, I'm sorry. Oh, I said, I apologize again. And she was like, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I was like, okay, cool. Next project that we had, um, me and a different partner, it's a very different project so we you know have a different approach and mindset on it and the dynamic and tone of it is very two ends of the spectrum yeah so at least the coffee got me moving um i had coffee before my wedding rehearsal earlier today and without that i don't think i would have moved and been so progressive about it um so just snaps for coffee in general and caffeine. Um, if you ever want to feel what it's like to have caffeine for the first time again, try to not drink it for a couple weeks and then drink it once and be like, whoa, right? Now, see, I'll try to do that, but I think caffeine for me has no... I, like my caffeine tolerance is probably through the roof now and I got to give that up to C4, from the pre-workout because i used to take that's like hot cakes <laughs> work out a lot more and i have no caffeine t- i can have like maybe a full you know dunkin donuts you know big cup of- and i'm i don't get any jitters i don't get any like energy boost from it uh and that's- you know so I've i've never really had much of a caffeine tolerance it's so funny you say that. Like I talk about any anytime coffee comes up, and I talk about this with anyone, I say I didn't start drinking coffee until I worked at Wawa because I was doing it five or six a.m. and I'm not a morning person, just like you yeah. and I. We're both night owls. As it's right. almost one thirty in the morning right now. Almost one thirty in the morning. morning. Yeah. Um, hey, so, hey yo. I, I mean, <laughs> I the the wedding project that i'm working on the groom who i met through wawa was like since i worked at wawa for so many years i can drink like a dark roast coffee you know even if it has um oh my god i can't think of the word like an extra like espresso or caffeine boost like behind it um he's like i can fall asleep right after it doesn't do anything for me anymore like the tolerance is just so through the roof yeah yeah um Aside from coffee real quick, um, and I'm going to talk about this at the start of the next episode too, more at length, I'm just going to say Top Gun. Okay? Yeah. You'll have to let us know about all that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm i just going to drop it right there because I would rather go into depth on it at the start of the next episode, and I'll make a note of that. Um, but... 
I never seen the original. Something that I'm going to talk about inspired me to watch the original. And then I was like, I want to watch the new movie like immediately went and saw it within the next couple of days. And it was, it just exceeded my expectations beyond belief. Um, so, um, we'll talk, I'll talk about that a little bit more at length in the next episode. Anthony, anything else that you want to, um, top the episode off with before we sign off here? Uh, one, uh, you know, if anybody's in the area this weekend, down the shore, New Jersey Shore, Atlantic City area, Egg Harbor, uh, feel free to come out and see me at the Renault Winery Resort. Like I was saying, I play from four to seven, so would love to see you guys there. And if you are coming, make sure you make a reservation. The reservations are recommended during the weekend because of high volume, uh, so make sure you put that in. And two, uh, since we are coming into the weekend, I just want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. So happy Father's Day, Big Jim, uh, and, you know, all the fathers that are out there. So hope everybody has a good weekend. And uh, with that, you know, is there anything else you want to plug for us, buddy? Yeah, real quick. Um just to piggyback off what you just said, uh, and thank you for the reminder. Just it's it's fun because we record these uh, earlier on in the week, and I'm like, oh, this gets published yeah. Friday, so I got to mm-hmm. think about the weekend upcoming because we always talk about the weekend that just passed. Um, you wished uh, my father, Big Jim, a happy Father's Day, Mister Irvin. Happy Father's Day to you. Um, and also a shout out and a very, very happy birthday to my mother, Connie, uh, on Connie. This, this coming Sunday. <laughs> also, all the love happy to birthday. our parents, as always. Shout out to Burn. I know because uh, we're shouting out the dads and my mom. Um, yes. Always a shout out to Burn. Love you, too. Um, one of my nieces' birthday is this Saturday. Uh, she is turning nine. I can't believe it already um my other one niece is had just turned 16 and my other niece is is she's turning 11 at the end of the summer and going to sixth grade i'm like i, I can't believe Nuts. that we're in we're in our mid-30s right now this is just wild um yeah for our one set fans that have tuned in uh for this episode 24 uh recorded Starting on Tuesday, June fourteenth, we are now uh, at just past one thirty a.m. on Wednesday, June fifteenth. Um, if you are listening to us, or uh, if you want to catch us, or any of our previous episodes or upcoming, you can find our video recordings on YouTube, on Spotify. You can also catch our audio only on Spotify, also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and Google Podcasts. Uh, You can also catch us on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at 1-S-E-T-P-O-D. That is at 1-Set-Pod. And of course, you can always email us any questions or any content that you would like us to discuss throughout the upcoming episodes at 1-Set-Pod at gmail.com. Anthony. Anything else 
Did I miss anything? How'd I do? All right. Awesome, brother. <laughs> this has been Bro. another set one another set of one set. <laughs> another episode of one set is in the books. Episode twenty four coming to you. Once yeah, we man. get through episode twenty six, we will be half away through our first half away. Halfway. Oh, halfway half through away. our first season. <laughs> And we are just getting started. My brother. A hundred percent. And best friend, Anthony. Cheers. Love you, brother. Cheers. Love you. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Hey, you guys. Have a good one.